Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me today for the second half of my conversation with Mike and Connie Washburn. If you didn't get to catch last week's episode, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to hear the story of Connie's son, Paul Michael, and Mike's own personal journey with grief. Today, our conversation covers the importance of surrender, what Mike and Connie have learned about God through their grief, and the ministry they have formed to help other grieving parents. We will pick up today's conversation right where we left off last week. So Paul Michael went to heaven a little less than a year before Hannah did. So you and I, Connie, are very close to each other as far as how long we've been walking on this earth since our kids went to heaven. But I want you to think back to those very early days of your grief. And I know, you know, especially with your situation, there was a lot of numbness and shock right there at the beginning. But what advice would you give to someone who is just starting this journey. Talk to that that mom or dad out there that's just at the very beginning of their grief journey. What what advice might you give them? Well, uh, I think the, the first piece of advice I probably would give them is to cling to God's word. I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night over and over and over again and, and just on my knees. And I would cling to the Bible and cling to his promises because without that, it was hopeless. I would also say have a support group. You know, if you don't have a church, then form some kind of support group that will feed truth to you and nothing but truth. And uh, I would also say, uh, I think probably the most important thing for them to remember is that whatever you're going through, continue to trust. Um, I have talked to uh, several people who we're so um, either angry at God. Uh, I remember uh, in Virginia, someone, some, she was so angry and it had been, it had been like 25 years and she still was angry and she refused to get past it. And I would say um, before you allow that kind of anger to come in, just continue to read God's word and trust his promises. And if you do, his faithfulness absolutely will prevail. And I, I know that with everything I, I have, everything I know, everything I believe, that he is a very faithful God. It doesn't mean we're not going to hurt. After Paul Michael passed away, there were multiple things that just seemed to pile on top of each other. As though have, losing a child wouldn't be hard enough. After that, my mother died a horrific death. After that, my dog died. <laughs> I love my dog. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> my husband loved me. Um, a home that has um, so many projects left undone. And I'm trying to figure out how, this isn't even possible. And first of all, I don't want to do it. I want to be with my son in heaven. Right. And so just really, really staying the course and really honing into everything that the Lord has to say to you. I would say, if you really do want to see God's faithfulness in the process of this, he will show it to you. Um, that you'll need to continue to keep trusting him and hoping in him. So that would be my my word. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Um, and I will also tell you this, this. I think this is important. I remember to the day when things changed for me. I uh, was in Bible study fellowship and I, I stayed in his word and I stayed, I stayed very, very prayerful. But I still fought. I fought a lot with self-pity. 
And I wrestled with the Lord a lot on, um, you know, <laughs> he was going to be such a, he was going to be such a disciple for you, you know, and, and I'm not sure why, you know, why Paul Michael had to, had to pass and, and he was my everything. And so I struggled with self-pity. Um, and, and I would probably say a little bit to the point of, of, of being ashamed for that because I could, it was hard for me to, to really stop feeling sorry for myself. And, one day, and I, I remember the day I was sitting in a chair and I was working on my Bible study and it hit me. And I said, Lord, I don't care if there's anyone else in this world, but you and me, I surrender it all. Mm-hmm. And it was when I said I surrender and in my heart, I did. I completely surrendered it. Life changed right after that. Um, it really did. It, it, it was like, it was almost as though the Lord was like, okay, that's what I needed to hear, Connie, <laughs> because yeah. after that, um, two weeks later, I get a phone call from Mike and, uh, and, you know, we started forming this incredible relationship and then, um, you know, forming this organization to help other people who've lost children. And anyway, it, it, it was, it was surrender. So I would probably say trusting in the Lord and surrendering it to him would probably be the, the thing I would tell anyone else is going through this and, and just starting their journey. Yes, I agree that surrender is a huge, huge part of healing. Surrender, submission, either one of those two mm-hmm. terms. Um, right. You know, something we talk about a lot in the closing time of our retreats is submission. How important it is to reach that place where we just submit. And until we reach that point, we're still going to be carrying anger and self-pity and and all of those things not that they just you know that those automatically go away but that process of submission and for you it sounds like it kind of happened in a moment which is awesome for some people it's more of a slower process but when you reach that place where you can submit and say lord not my will but yours it is a turning point exactly right yeah that is exactly right mm mm-hmm I appreciate you sharing that. So is there a particular scripture or scriptures that have just really been helpful to you and meaningful for you on this journey? Yes. So uh, I've said the two that uh, just really meant a great deal to me. Uh, One set the compass uh, of my life and and the other uh, helped define what ministry would look like for me as I move forward. Uh, just taking the experiences that we've had and helping helping others do the same. And this grief journey is is really not something that you can do on your own. You can't do it as an island. Right. You've got to uh, have people who surround you who can help you through and give you alternative perspectives uh, at time from the one that Satan may be telling us, God doesn't love me, God you know, I've done something wrong, all of those kinds of things. And so it's it's very important that you have the right voices speaking into you. Yeah. And I I would add on to what Connie was saying, and I, I think both of those things are, are the most the two most important things. But Jill, I would also say that it's incumbent on the person who is going through that grief to identify certain people that they know can speak into their lives and speak well into yes. their lives. There are people in this world that drain your batteries and 
uh, will come in this grief journey and say the wrong things that create further doubt in your own mind. Uh, but then there are, there are others that just seem to have a word from the Lord at the right time. And sometimes you just have to go to people and say, you're one of those that I can trust. And I would appreciate you speaking in to my journey uh, anytime you you feel like you need to uh, or that I need you to. And sometimes we have to create our own support network by identifying those people that are uh, our strength and positive and encouraging. I, I say that because you can't do it alone. Right. The, Satan can have a field day in the grief journey by telling you things that are not true mm-hmm. about what's happened. And you've got to have people in your life who can counter that with a word from the Lord, the word itself, but then people uh, speaking that to you as well. And that would be one of the things that I would that I would tell you is so important and that we walk away uh, in in ways that we know we can encourage people and help them. Yeah. So much of grief, like you just suggested, is a spiritual battle. It's the enemy. Mm -hmm. The enemy Mm -hmm. is relentless when we're grieving because he knows how vulnerable we are. And, you know, I I think I think just being aware and and recognizing it as a spiritual battle is is the first step to overcoming those voices. And then, like you said, surrounding yourself with people who will speak truth to you and kind of refute those lies from Satan. That's huge. Yeah. I guess the uh, scriptures that I would probably start with one is um, I weep with grief. Encourage me by your word. So the only way to uh, to know what God's word says is to pick up God's word and read it. Yes. And then in Psalms 1830, it says, as for God, his way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. So. um there's only there's only one way through this, in my opinion, <laughs> and that is with the Lord's help. Exactly. And uh, with, without it, I have no idea how anyone survives this. <laughs> yes. So, but uh, but God is our strength, and He is our hope, and um, and He is our refuge, and He will He will be faithful. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the loss of a child changes a parent profoundly at a very deep level. I know when Hannah went to heaven, it changed me completely. How do you feel that Paul Michael's homegoing has changed you? Well, initially, the first way it changed me is um, my longing for heaven was intense. Yes. And then I think later and now, the biggest way that it has changed me and changed my life is just the the depth of the foundation of God's promises and who he is Mm -hmm. that has changed. Uh, I I know that I know that I know that the Lord is sovereign and it's changed me in such a way that I feel like I know God more personally, more intimately. I know he is to be trusted. I know he is faithful. And, you know, during those times when the spiritual warfare was really taken over and there was so much going on and I kept thinking, where are you, Lord? I know you're here. I know you love me, but where are you? And uh, it's real and it's pain. And now looking back, I think, oh, you were there the whole time. <laughs> but it's just the sweetness of his faithfulness and the sweetness of who he is and the absolute confirmation that his promises are true. 
So that's what's changed for me. Yeah. Amen. I I can echo all of those things. (laughs) So what have you learned about God? What have you learned about him through your experiences with grief? Oh, this is good. Mike and I have been talking about this, and he says it in a better way than I do. Okay. So I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to let him take this because it's it's so good, <laughs> and we're both on board with the same answer. Yeah, yeah. you know, it really is interesting how a grief process will cause you to to relook at everything you thought you knew. Oh yes, and and how what you thought you knew may have been immature. Uh, or may have been just a lack of understanding. And so you really have to delve into it. Connie and I, what we did was we dedicated ourselves for just a couple of years to just look at the attributes of God Mm -hmm. and just really study all of them. Uh, What God would say about himself, who he is, what his names are. And when we walk away from all of this, what we take with us is we're absolutely convinced of the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. Uh, there's nothing that's out of his control. Now, that can bring you real trouble if you don't know the other attributes of God, uh, that he is good, that he is love, that he is merciful, that he is holy, and that he is just, and that all of those attributes work in unison with each other. And it makes it a lot easier to hold on to his sovereignty when you understand the rest of who he is and that he wouldn't do anything that's outside of his nature to mm-hmm. do. And that allows you to cling on to the things that he wants you to know about him, including his sovereignty. And I would tell you that that, was, that has been a wonderful journey for us and mm-hmm. strengthening journey for us that we're stronger, that we believe more firmly than we've ever believed before in who he is, because we don't only know it mentally, but we know it actually in life. We've seen it. We've seen him present uh, when we needed him most. Uh, And it's always in his timing and it's always in his way. And so, Jill, that's how that's how I would answer you is our understanding of God, and it's still we still have so much more to understand. It's not like we've arrived, but he has given us a window of opportunity to see all of him, and it has truly blessed our lives. Mm, that is a good answer. I'm glad you had him answer that, Connie. <laughs> you know, we often talk about the sovereignty of God, but... I like what you said, Mike, that we have to look at more than just his sovereignty. We have to look at his nature and put that together with his sovereignty to really appreciate what he's doing in these types of situations. So thank you for that. You've got me thinking about something new, (laughs) kind of looking at it that way. So I appreciate that. So we've kind of alluded to this a little bit a couple of times in our conversation, but the two of you have founded a ministry called Eternal Surrender. I'd love for y'all to talk about that ministry. Tell us what it is, what you do. Uh, Just tell us about it. Okay, um, I'll start. The uh, organization started, uh, I told you surrender is a big word for me because um, um, it's just a, a special, special word. So that's why it's called Eternal Surrender. 
it started because when I was grieving and going through this, there's a, a sweet, sweet friend. She's probably just one of the kindest ladies I've ever known. And she would send me uh, every anniversary date uh, for about five years after Paul Michael passed away. She sent me on these, this luxury trip, not just me, my family yeah. uh, to, to Colorado. And uh, she put us up at the, um, at the residence, which is an incredible place at the Hyatt in, in Vail, Colorado. And it's something that I could, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, to afford doing that on my own at that time, you know, with all of the funeral expenses and everything else that was sure. going on. And so it just was, it was, so, it was such a special time. It was a special time to get away and, and really just um, have time with the Lord. Probably one of the sweetest gifts that was given to me during that time. Yeah. And I told Mike, I said, I, I would love to start an organization where we can help other people after they've lost their children, because those dates, those the anniversary dates of the child's death, the birth dates, the holidays are so excruciating. And to be able to just not have anything to worry about and just say, yes, I'll go and just have a respite or have time to, you know, to just take it all in. It was was important to me. So Mike said, yes, let's, let's, let's do that. So we started this organization called Eternal Surrender. Um, now in the organization, we have realized sometimes the respite is not what is needed. Sometimes other things are needed, such as um, finances can be really challenging for people yes. after the expenses of funeral expenses, medical expenses, etc. So um, we have found that um, just helping people in other areas, and and we will uh, when we when we decide on the family that we're gonna that we're gonna help, we will decide what we believe the um, the best the be- most beneficial thing would be as far as to bless the family. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it comes in the form of respite. Sometimes it comes in the form of, of helping with finances, and other times it would be um, just the support of of being there and walking along the journey with them. Yeah. yeah one of the things, Jill, that, yeah. that we've done is we've been able to send uh, people pay the expenses for people to get to a while we're waiting retreat mm-hmm. uh, or one of the other events uh, across the country that we're aware of. Uh, and sometimes uh, we had a couple up in Oregon. Uh, he was a worship leader and she had lost a child in a, just a terrible, terrible event. And being all the way up there, they lived in what they felt like was the fishbowl, being yeah. being a minister. And so Connie and I flew up just to be with them and so that they could have a safe person to talk to and process. And we stayed for a while and, and worked with them just individually. So the needs are different all over the country and people's situations and so the Eternal Surrender Organization goes in and tries to determine what are the, the needs that need to be addressed, uh, if any. And if we uh, we lay that before the Lord, and if, if we feel like the Lord is gives us a direction on that, then then we will will attempt to come alongside that family in the way they they need most. That's where we started. Uh, where we're, what we're working on right now is actually curriculum. Uh, that we hope to supply to churches that actually deal with the grief process, educating people on what what grief is, so what's normal grief and what's complicated grief. But then laying alongside that, that whole idea of 
looking at the attributes of God and helping to address uh, the spiritual battle that goes along with the grief battle uh, so that we can we can help people understand who God is and their faith can be strengthened as opposed to challenged uh, by the evil one uh, in the midst of that grief. And so we're we're in the process of working on that material. We're not in a place just yet to where we can release that, but we hope to release it to churches. Part of it was emphasized to us when we came to the church that we're working with right now in Florida. The week that we came just to look at this church, there were two deaths of two children in two different families uh, that were announced to the church on that weekend. And when we heard that, we knew this was the place God had called us to. And in in less than a year's time, there have been four families affected by the loss of a child just within this small church. And so we know churches need it because the the leaders of the church were asking us, what do we do? How do we help? There, there just wasn't even an understanding of what was needed. So this this kind of an approach can help churches help their their members. But what we really hope is that it would be used by churches to draw people from the community in to where they can come to know Jesus and they can come to know the Lord and understand who he is and gain strength and faith uh, from understanding that. So we, we see it as a great ministry that could be done uh, attached to churches. And of course I, I love churches. I mean, that's my heart. Sure. So that we would be able to combine that together. Uh, and we hope that the organization is able to pay for that for the churches so that it, there wouldn't be a cost uh, yeah. supplied to the churches. And we'll, we'll see what the Lord does with that. <laughs> I love that because we have had so many people, you know, that we have met over the last almost 11 years of doing this ministry who were deeply hurt and wounded in their own churches by either their church's lack of response to them or maybe a, a hurtful response to them, be- not not intentionally, but just because, you know, most people don't know how to deal with grief. And um, I know you're a pastor, right, Mike. Right. I don't I don't know that there's a class for pastors that teaches you how to deal with, you know, grieving parents in your in your congregation. And so what a valuable resource that is going to be for churches. That just thrills me. I didn't know you guys were working on that. I love that. That is a much, much needed yeah, thing. That's our ultimate aim with eternal yeah. surrender. That's our heart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So how can people find out more information about your ministry, Eternal Surrender? We have a, a run October the 8th, and this is called Monkey Run. And it's called Monkey Run because Paul Michael's nickname was Monkey. Yeah. And uh, so therefore we call it the monkey run. They can uh, they can register and, and sign up and attend the monkey run. You don't even have to attend. You can sign up and just register. We'll send you a T-shirt. Yep. But there's uh, there's other ways. It's you, uh, you can go to the website. Yeah, uh, it's eternal surrender dot org mm-hmm. or eternal surrender dot com. And um, the monkey run is monkey run dot org. So you can find the information out there. And if um, if you have someone that you'd like for us to connect with, you can also use the website for that as well. Yeah. Sure, we've had uh, those runs primarily in Fort Worth, uh, but we've also had them in Carlsbad, New Mexico and in Nebraska. 
and have had their their fun events that uh, help celebrate uh, the life of the child that was lost. And it's a, a, a pure celebration uh, and fun. And, and yet it goes towards a really great cause yeah. in supporting uh, families that they may never know, but it just seems like everyone has a heart for the families that would have lost a child and they want to do something. And this is a great way of doing it. Wow. Yeah, we have not been able to attend actually a monkey run yet, but we have registered for the last two, I guess, that you've had there in Texas. And so we've gotten the t-shirts and y'all that are listening, they are the cutest t-shirts, like a sock monkey type um, picture on the front and they're just fun shirts. So I recommend even if you can't go to the run, register get you a shirt and you're, you know, that your funds that you are um, sending in are going to a great, great cause. So thank you for hosting that monkey run. And one of these days, I hope that we can make it in person. <laughs> we would enjoy that a lot. Oh, that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? No, thank you for having us on and thank you for, um, all that you do with While We're Waiting. The While We're Waiting retreat is simply fabulous. And we've told so many people about it. And um, hopefully you'll be hearing from us soon because I know that yeah. there are people that are talking about wanting to go right now. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, the Lord has blessed your work. And thank you for all you do. Well, thank you. It's always a big step for people to make. They hear about the retreat sometimes and and um, it sounds interesting to them, but, you know, it's a big step to sign up and come to something like that. So we understand sometimes it takes a little while to process that before you're ready to attend. But we we love all the folks that we meet at our retreats. They become part of our family. So it, it's a wonderfully safe. Environment. Yeah. yeah, that's what we try to do is just provide a safe space where you can get together mm-hmm. with other bereaved parents. And it's not a large group. Our full weekend retreats at the maximum would be 24 people, uh, usually a little bit less than that because we very often, most of the time, have singles mixed in with the couples. And um, it's just amazing to be in a room with all other bereaved parents who truly understand. And you, um, like you said, it's safe. You don't have to wear you know, we, I know now we think about masks differently since the pandemic, but we as bereaved parents wear masks, uh, not physical masks, but masks nonetheless. And we can walk into, that takes a lot of energy to keep those up. And you can walk into a while we're waiting retreat, or we can, you can walk into something that's sponsored by eternal surrender and you can take that mask off <laughs> and really be yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot of value, a lot of comfort and encouragement in being able to do that. So it's also so sweet being able to meet other people who have lost a child who can, who has that understanding of what it's like to lose a child. Um, And that's just, that's so valuable. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, Mike and Connie, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. I always learn uh, myself when I talk to you guys. And so I appreciate that. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the Eternal Surrender Ministry and the Monkey Run. So hopefully some people will look up your information and get connected with you guys too. Okay. All right. Thank you. Blessings to you, Jill. Yes. To y'all too. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting. Thank you.